And so I'm not saying by any means that it's, hey, we can fix everything with just the, with the right attitude. But what I am saying is the right attitude, the right belief makes everything better. And so how, how can any of us look at where we are today, take stock, and, and then look into the future and say, that's who I want to be. What's the model? What are the steps that we got to take to get there? Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. Today, I bring you a special new message from Zig Ziggler's son, Tom Ziggler, CEO of Ziggler. It's called the Trinity of Transformation. He's been working on this for a while and brings it to us now. Here's the premise. If you were just fine with your life as it is right now, had no desire for any change, you wouldn't be here listening now. We're all here because we want to be more, do more, and have more for ourselves and for others. Even if you have no personal desire for yourself, if that's possible, and really only want to help and serve others, you're going to get no further and be no help unless you better yourself. And this requires transformation. Here is who you are today, and then where do you want to be tomorrow? I mean, that's the point. Anything you want to do and have first starts with who you are. You can't do and have anything beyond who you are and what you're capable of. Well, this is the root cause issue, folks. And Tom brings us these three key ingredients, the ones that he's witnessed in his lifetime at the epicenter of personal development and human achievement. I mean, Zig Ziglar was the king here and nobody saw him closer than Tom. This is powerful, equipping information. Before we dive in, here are a couple valuable resources for you. And folks, hey, if you get value from this show, please let Tom know. Leave a review in iTunes. Then email us at thanks at ZigglerShow.com and tell us your iTunes username so we can send you a copy of the book, Born to Win, an actual physical copy, Born to Win, written by Zig Ziglar and Tom Ziglar. Okay, folks, let's dive in with Tom Ziglar and the Trinity of Transformation. All right, Tom. Well, I know you call yourself an intellectual engineer and without being near that uh, high profile of a title, uh, one of mine at least is a logophile. Uh, I like words, really like words. So we're here talking about transformation and I looked that up. It says a thorough or dramatic change in form or appearance. The only reason that we're talking here today uh, and the only reason that tens of thousands of people of people listen to this show is they desire to make positive change so that, of course, they can achieve more Uh, positive change is, you know, doing more of what we should do, less of what we shouldn't do and transforming our thoughts and behavior. So to that point, if you can help us actually achieve more transformation in our lives, I don't think that there is a more important topic Uh, that we could talk about today, which uh, I'm sure you would agree with. And that's why you did the Trinity of Transformation. (laughs) Absolutely. One of the things that's fascinated me is um, how do you transform? And is there a faster way to transform? You know, dad had this quote on success. He said, success is the maximum utilization of the abilities that God gave you. Hmm. And I love that because it means that Uh, We don't compare ourselves to others, but it does mean we have a responsibility to use the gifts and talents that we have. And so many people get stuck. You know, they, they have this idea that they want to accomplish something. Maybe they want to start a business. Maybe they want to mend broken relationships. Maybe they want to get in better health. Uh, And so they have this, this desire to transform. Uh, to become more or different than they are right now. And so what is that model? What is the, What are the things that you've got to do? And so that's what I've put a lot of time into. I call it the trinity of transformation uh, because there are three words that that really wrap around this. So... Well, and, and what was the catalyst? I mean, I would, I would assume that it's you, I mean, your life has been in this world of personal development, of inspiring our true performance and your own as well. And is that really what brought you to the crux of wanting to create this message is just that we all still today, 
as much as we want to do the things we want to do and not do the things we don't want to do, uh, that we are, it's always a battle. It's always a challenge and trying to just continually help people make that progress. We all want to make and yet get frustrated ourselves for not making. Well, you talked about being a logophile and every year I usually pick a word. Uh, so Mm -hmm. for 2018, my word is transformation. That's the word that I'm just kind of constantly chewing on and digesting and, it's inspired by a number of things. The general inspiration is, gosh, I run into so many people, and we have so many podcast episodes of people who have literally been on fire, and they've overcome it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They have lost their sight, but not their vision, and they climb Everest. Uh, they have been through dramatic uh, injuries and relationship challenges and bankruptcies and illnesses and yet they still transform to another level and mm-hmm. one of my uh, personal friends that I've made really through long distance and Facebook and you know is, is a guy named Jeffrey Miller and he got a, a bad diagnosis and he chose to have a different view of it and to assume wellness and to transform to a new level. And, man, he's had an an outcome that's just shocked the doctors. Now, uh, he did everything they said and then some. And so I'm not saying by any means that it's, hey, we can fix everything with with the right attitude. But what I am saying is the right attitude, the right belief, makes everything better. And so how... How can any of us look at where we are today, take stock, and, and then look into the future and say, that's who I want to be. What's the model? What are the steps that we got to take to get there? And so transformation was my, wor- my word for the year. And then I look at others who I'm just in awe of who've overcome circumstances and conditions and obstacles that I can't even imagine. So start with what you just said there. I mean, I, I think, you know, and I know that even in ourselves, we tend to come to, and and, and I'm going to speak, you know, to the culture as well, is we just start off by looking at, this is what I want to have. I want to have that. And it may be a financial thing, a bigger house, a nicer car, more time, I think is getting to be a more common one that people talk about. I want a longer vacation. Um, Maybe I want to have some kind of work that I really enjoy. We hear that more and more and more that that's such a primary ingredient for overall success is being able to spend your days working at something you care about, but it's the things that I want. I want to have, uh, and we usually start there and uh, so I'll ask you to, on that note to take us back because I know that's not where uh, you would have us start is with the have. Right. So dad had this philosophy and he said, you've got to be before you can do and you've got to do before you can have. It's called the be, do and have philosophy. And so what that really means is I got to be the right kind of person. I got to do the right things before I can have all the good things that life has to offer. But the catalyst or the the thing that kind of ignites me wanting to become the right kind of person is you hit the nail on the head. It's desire. It is passion. It is goals. It's dreams. It's the things that I, that I do want to have. Mm. If we, you know, dad said this, he said, if, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And so what is it that you're aiming at? What are your desires? And, and so in the trinity of transformation, the first word is desire. Mm. And we've got to write them all down. And, and when I talk about desires, man, that covers the gamut. I want to have my own business. I want to have money in the bank. I, I want to be able to travel. I want to, uh, I want to be in great health. I want to have fantastic family relationships. I mean, I, there's all these things that I desire. You know, maybe you're getting started off in life and you're like, you're just, your desire to do well in your first job, right? You want to, you want to please the boss, solve problems, get an advance, move up. You know, we want to make progress. And so until we really write down all of our desires and get clarity on it, it's kind of hard to get lift off. It's kind of hard to 
start the transformation because we need like that initial spark that gets us going. You know, dad said that if you have no hope, you won't do anything. And so desire kind of goes hand in hand with hope. When we start desiring things and our brain starts going, then that gets us, that, that elevates us a little bit. Well, and of course I know the meat of this message, Tom, and I admittedly only got so far into it because I wanted to sit here like our viewers and really pretend I was hearing it for the first time to a degree. So I've I've got some literal questions to dig in on uh, with each of these points. So number one, you're talking about desire. And it's interesting to me that you didn't start off necessarily with the word goals, which we are accustomed to from the Ziegler world, but with just with desire. So you're saying literally, let's take down the things that you would, you would like, you would like these things to exist. And again, go through the those areas, whether it's a personal thing, health and wellness, whether it's finances, whether it's relationships, whether it's faith. And we can, of course, our folks here are are well-versed now in the seven spokes on the Ziegler wheel of life that we go through with every guest. So if we look at all those areas and just write our desires down, are you saying that, because that feels a lot more, it's not as overwhelming as the idea of goals. These are things I want to achieve because we haven't even gotten to that point yet here. Now you're just saying, let's just start off with what do you actually want. I want you to, to address that, uh, first, because is that a, well, that's to my question, list those down. And then we take a little time to discern those. Right. So writing down your desires, your dreams, everything you want to be, do, and have, that's, that's the first step. We can turn those into, uh, goals later, right? But we need to know what do you really want? What's worth getting out of bed for? Now, here's something interesting is, is, is I'm going to use an illustration. And so for everybody who's not driving down the road listening to this, if you're driving, keep your eyes open. <laughs> Please. If you're not yeah. driving down the road, I right. want you to close your eyes for a second and imagine a hot air balloon. And we're going to use this as your vehicle to achieve your dreams, your goals, your desires in life. And the hot air balloon has three components to it. It has the basket, which is where you are. And then it has the balloon, which is the, which is, you know, that's what, where all the hot air goes to lift us into the air. And then it has the furnace and the furnace is what fuels the balloon. And so desire in this illustration is the basket. And so what you do is you literally, first you write down everything you desire, everything you want to be, do, and have, all your dreams, and you start putting them into that basket because this balloon is going to take you to these desires, but it's got to know where to go. If you don't have the desires, the balloon's not going to know what direction to go. And so we load all of our desires in there. And everything is open game. You can... You, you build the giant list and then you prioritize and you eliminate and you add to as you go, right? I mean, I, I can't tell you how many dreams I turned into goals. And then as I got into it, I'm like, I got a bigger dream. I got a better goal. And so there's no problem with that. But the point is, how's your balloon going to go anywhere unless it knows where it's going? If you don't have anywhere in mind, anywhere will do. We want to go to your desires, Well, to what you just said too, then is there, do you advocate, Hey, just put as much on there to begin with as you can, and then start going through and prioritizing them. Like you said, and seeing which ones are really worthwhile because I mean, first off, we know a lot of people never do that. They never go to the point of clarifying really what is it that they want. And once they do, I think there's that, that propensity to discount them right away and go, ah, that's narcissistic. That's selfish. That's whatever. Um, I should just be happy with what actually I want you to hit that one because I, I know that that one exists where a lot of people feel like, no, especially from the faith based crowd here that I should just be, I'm supposed to be happy and content with what I have and not desire more. And sometimes the personal development self-help world can get some flack from that sector by saying, Hey, it's always striving to do more, have more, be more. Shouldn't we just be okay where we're at? I'll, I'll throw that one at you first. Yeah. The reality is, is that if, if we have like a passion or desire that's like burned into our heart and we don't know where it's coming from, it's like, golly, I've always wanted to do that, man. As a, as a believer, I think, you know what? There's a good chance God put it there first off. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't, I don't ignore it at all. You, you may not end up going after it, but don't ignore it. It's it's far easier to big too big to build. It, it, most people don't build their list big enough because okay. a they've never done it before. B they don't think it's possible, and C they feel like maybe they're not worthy. Okay. Okay. And so I would rather okay. somebody just pour it all out, get it all on there. Who cares uh, how big it is? 10, 20, 50, 100? It's okay. Build it up big. And then as you progress down the path, the priorities will naturally gravitate to the top. It's like uh, you might want a dream home and you might want to be out of debt. Well, those two desires mm-hmm. go hand in hand, but you're going to go for getting out of debt first before you build the massive dream home. And so... Some come in a sequence, but that's not what we're worried about right now. We're, we're, we're only going to put two things into our, our basket. The first one is all of our desires. And we haven't talked about the second one yet, but we're about to. All right. We're, we're, we're about to get there then. So again, putting these desires down and yeah, I mean, you talk about, um, a few, you know, I, I doubt that there's a lot of people listening to this show who do not have desires. They wouldn't be here otherwise. But in a sense, I feel like you're giving us not only permission, but a charge to, to showcase those desires and not be, not, not be bothered by them, not feel like this is selfish and it's okay to desire. It's okay to want more. And gosh, from a, yeah, if we want to get biblical with it, I mean, we're called to renew our minds daily and we have a, a God who's constantly calling us to more, not that we can't be satisfied with what we have or, or that we shouldn't be content with what we have, but, uh, but that we should be going after more because the opposite, well, I don't know. What is the opposite, Tom? Is it complacency? Is it, uh, stagnation? There's, well, I think, um, you know, there's either the attitude of, you know what, God's given me an in- and incredible abilities to do, to do things. And now I've got to take the initiative to go make it happen with God's help. That's what I'm suggesting. Some people are like, well, you know, there's nothing I can do anyway. Why bother? Right. And one of them is a belief that I can take an action that changes my future for the better. Another is a, a belief that says, why bother? Nothing ever good happens to me anyway. Okay, mm-hmm. and so for the people who are who get stuck, and I think we all get into that second category at times in our life where we've just had one setback after another, and we're like, enough already. <laughs> I'm just going to go home and take my take my toys with me and sit on the couch. But the reality is, is that you got to get out of that zone. And so what you start doing is start thinking about your desires, about how life could be better and different. And then that spark something that says, okay, I'm getting off the couch again. I'm going to go try it differently this time. I'm going to do it a different way at the time. But until it starts to rise up, to rise up, it doesn't happen. Well, so and as you spoke there, it made me think of the parable of the talents. It's one of the ones that does fuel me a lot is almost a, a concern. I hope a healthy concern that I, if, if I don't press forward, if I don't, uh, if I don't, if I'm not progressing that I have squandered talents and abilities. And I think we all tend to see this, you know, everybody's, I'm, I'm sure everybody's either they were in school themselves or they got kids in school and there's some star athlete who is just unbelievable. And they got derailed by, you know, drugs, alcohol, a girlfriend or whatever. And we so often talk about that flippantly and the, Oh my gosh, what wasted talent was that and do we turn it around on ourselves and i think that's one that's always burdened me a little bit would would others say that of me would would my god say that of me not in a not in an admonishing way but just oh i had so much more for you i had so much that i wanted you to do and uh that yeah that squandering of the talents and abilities has always been one that's it's been a primary motivator yep. I, really you know i love that you bring that verse up because the second thing that you put into the basket of your balloon is you identify four or five things and you identify your gifts and your talents. And this, I believe, is, is your uniqueness, the things that come natural to you, the things that God's given you. You know, for me, it's I connect things. I, you know, I've got that you and I were talking about a minute ago. Uh, I call myself an intellectual engineer because one of my friends mm-hmm called me an intellectual engineer. I, I love to sort things out that way. Um, 
And so if I was going to put into my basket, I would put down connector and intellectual engineer and thinker. I mean, these are things that I, that people tell me about myself, but all of us have gifts and talents. And so we load our basket up with our gifts and talents. We also, I think we also claim our character qualities. We've, we've been given every character quality, every positive character quality that's out there. We have them. Some are more developed than others, but we put that in the basket. And then we add into the basket our experiences and our skills. So here's what happens. This is kind of cool. So your desires start, you know, they start rubbing up against your gifts and your talents and your experiences and your character qualities and your skills, and they catch on fire. Something ignites. Something in your brain goes, wow, I can take that gift and talent and this experience, and I can go get that. I can make that happen. I can do this today that will allow me to accomplish that desire. It might take some time. So this is what happens. Okay, that little fire gets going, and suddenly out of that fire, right, that's the furnace, this little fire starts, gets in the, and the balloon of hope starts to rise. So when you're, when you're God-given gifts and talents and skills and experience and character qualities, when they start combining with your desires, this balloon starts to fill up. And this balloon starts to take off. And this is when hope really starts to rise. Because when you get some altitude, you have this, it's an incredible thing. You get, you get vision. And you can actually see into the future. When you start thinking and saying into life your desires, right? When you start thinking about that, it's like you're looking into the future. Wow, you know, a year from now, if I did these things, my life would be completely different. Wow, five years from now, wow, I could, I could leave a legacy. Wow, that could be amazing. So that starts to build the hope. And then you turn around and you look at your past. And this is, this is a powerful concept. You look at your past and you're grateful and thankful because, hey, without my past, I wouldn't be where I am today. And it doesn't matter how bloody and bad your past looks <laughs> or how good it looks. We can all claim, hey, if without my past, I wouldn't be here today. But here's what dad said. He said, your past is important, but not near as important as how you see your future. Hmm. Now, this is kind of cool. You're, when, when you do a goal-setting system, it doesn't care about your past. <laughs> Goals, actually, when you work a goal system, all it does is it, is it says you work the system, you're going to get closer to your goal. That's all it does. And so we start to rise up, and the reason this is important, okay, our, our, our desires and our gifts and talents are now creating a little fire, and the balloon is starting to rise. When we get some altitude, we look into the future, and we see two things. We see a big ocean we got to cross and mountains we got to go over, right? And those are the obstacles that we've got to get over and, and, and across to make our desires, our dreams, our goals everything we want to be, do, and have come true. So that means that our balloon needs altitude. It needs to go high. Yeah, high and high and long is what I heard there. Well, you know, again, to pull back, trinity of transformation, number one, desire. And you talked about uh, that the one thing to go in there is getting to know your gifts, talents, strengths, and skills. The other one I know is, uh, because you, you talked to me about this a long time ago, getting to know, you got to know the source. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. So in the Trinity of Transformation, there's, uh, there's the three words. Desire is the first. Hope is the second. And our gifts and talents, the key here, the key here, is we've got to know the source of our gifts and talents. And this is an interesting line, okay? Know the source of your gifts and talents. Dad Smith's, uh, I'm sorry, Dad's mentor, Fred Smith, uh, his son, Fred Smith Jr., shared this concept with me on, his, on, a, on a blog that he wrote. And basically, 
he said, you know, if you're going to live in your purpose, the first thing you got to do is recognize the source of your gifts and talents. And so to me, what that meant was, hey, we got to have a relationship with our creator. And secondly, we have to acknowledge our gifts and talents. And far too many people just take who they are and put it aside and say, oh, that's not much. But once we identify our gifts and talents and recognize it, then gratitude starts to happen, right? And gratitude is a key ingredient to this. That's the healthiest of all emotions. And when we're uh, coming against obstacles and setbacks and the things that life throws at us, the more gratitude we have, the more likely it is that we continue on this journey of transformation, right? The trinity of transformation. So the first word is is desire. The second is this balloon, okay? It's the hope goes into the balloon. Hope lifts us up. Hope allows us to see in the future of what life could be. And hope propels us. And so we got to keep that balloon filled with hope. We, we got to make it happen. And then it happens. And that is the balloon stops mm-hmm. rising. <laughs> I mean, you know, Kevin, I don't know about you, but I can't tell you how many things I'm like, wow, that's going to be cool. Wow, I love this. Man, my life is going to be so much different now. And it's like I start off in a dead sprint, and 20 feet mm-hmm. later I'm out of breath, and it's hard, and it weighs 500 pounds. And I mean, I'm sure, listeners, I'm sure you've had that same experience. It's like your balloon started rising, and yeah. then all of a sudden it just stopped. And that's where you notice the third word, because on your, on your balloon there's three components to it. There's the basket, which is the desire. That's where you are. Then there's hope. That's what's lifting you. And then there's the furnace. And then on the furnace, there's a knob. And the knob has this four-letter word. And it's called grit. And so you realize, wait a second, what happens if I turn the knob? So you turn the knob and suddenly white-hot flame comes out of this furnace and the balloon starts to rise really fast. And it's the white-hot flame of grit. Uh, grit is that thing that is perseverance, it's discipline, it's stick to it's persistent consistency. Grit is that thing that says, I get knocked down 100 times, I get up 101. Grit is that thing that says, I'm going to try to create a light bulb 10,000 times. <laughs> and when it doesn't work, I just know I've found 10,000 ways that don't work. And then I do it 10,001, and I got light. Grit is that attitude when the world says, oh, you can never do that. You just step back and say, watch me. That is grit. And so what we do now is we work on our character qualities, our gifts, and our talents with grit. In other words, we take the things that we're already naturally gifted in and we just maximize it. We work it to death. We, we, we make it happen, right? And, and character qualities are part of that mix that we've got to work on. Grit is that, is that thing that really goes to the well, next level. Well, and again, as we go back, I talked about the, you know, the, the high school athlete with all that talent or the pro athlete or the whatever, but to use that aspect, we love grit. We watch the Super Bowl and we can get livid if we think somebody did not put their best foot forward and give it their all. And we love the person who did 13 somersaults and landed face planted into the end zone with ball in hand that laid it all out there, got the winning touchdown. Yeah, we love grit. And yet do we turn around and look and say, where is the grit in our lives? Because when you talked through that in, uh, in, in the webinar, Tom, I mean, I just heard commitment. And I know that that is what, you know, one of the biggest things that my wife attests to in my own journey is when we built a house, uh, we built a house. We really didn't have the wherewithal to do it, uh, but we did it anyways. And when you sign that big loan, you know, it's going to come up and you get penalized if you go over it. And for the first time I had something that even a self-starter and a business builder, I was always doing that. But now I had a hard deadline that you couldn't fudge on. And 
coming around to that and meeting that deadline was a big deal. Um, and it was a, it was a commitment. I made a commitment. You have to do that. And in this entrepreneurial endeavor, a lot of times it's not always a have to, unless we just totally jump off the ledge. And in, if we come back just to personal development, uh, achievement, self-help, all this stuff that we talk about often, it's not a necessity. It's not a necessity for me to progress as far as there's going to be a big consequence. If I don't show up for work, I'm going to get fired. If I don't change the baby's diaper, he's going to, you know, it's going to cry and get a rash. We have a lot of have tos, but in this aspect of these aren't have tos. And you're saying you've got to take those things and commit to them, have grit. Uh, again, we love to see that in people, but, uh, I don't know if it's something that culturally we put a lot of focus on with ourselves, is it? Right. So I want to, I want to give two illustrations about, um, talent Mm -hmm. and about grit. The first one's on talent. Everybody listening to this, we, every single one of us, has every talent there is known to man. It's amazing. We can all sing. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, Kevin, I'm about a 1 when it comes to singing. Okay? It's just not a natural thing for me. I can sing very poorly. Other people listening to this, man, you've, you've got perfect pitch. You had a natural ability. And so one of the things I've learned in all this study and research is that we can elevate whatever natural gift or talent we have about three points on the scale of one to 10. I think I learned this from uh, John Maxwell, who probably learned it from somebody else who learned it from somebody else. But the, the point is, is that I can move my talent from a one to a four. If I practice, if I get voice lessons, if I learn rhythm and, but if you're already born as a six, I'm never going to sing better than you. It's just not going to happen. And when we watch American Idol, we see what happens when somebody is told you got talent when you really don't, right? It's kind of, it's, it's kind of disheartening. And so that's the key. We recognize our gifts and talents, the things that we already have some strengths in, because our goal is to take a five, a six, a seven to an eight, nine, or a 10. That's what separates us. So that's why it's important to do that. Now, character qualities, man, that's, that's not a gift or a talent. That's a choice. We can, we can, we can say, I want to own that character quality. I want to, I want to live that out, and we can make that a practice, a habit in our life. Now, here is the grit example. Since you used football earlier, I'll use a football. Um, Walter Payton, one of the greatest, one of my favorites ever, right I there. Mean, yeah, amazing, because grit doesn't necessarily happen in the Super Bowl. It happens every day after practice. Now, here's a Walter Payton story. Uh, They would do the full practice, the workouts and everything. And when it was over, he wouldn't go to the locker room. He wouldn't change. He might get into his his, uh, running clothes, and he would drive off. So one day, one of the coaches says, where are you going? And he said, oh, coach, uh, after every practice, before I go home, I go to, I think it's a dike in Chicago near where the stadium is. And he goes, I run the dike like 10 times or 20 times. And it's like this amazingly steep embankment. And so the fish that he did every day was to limit, to take his body to the limit. That's grit. And the coaches got worried about it because this, you know, the mindset at that time in professional sports was there's only so much the body can do. Everybody was worried about doing too much of this or too much of that. And so they actually would assign a rookie to go with Walter, you know, one so they could learn. But really, just in case he got hurt, there would be somebody there who could help him get off the hill, right? So if you're ever watching uh, Walter Payton game film, notice how many tackles he breaks in the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter. When his, high, when his thighs literally go through the arms of the tackler like butter. You see, the reason that he became the great running back that he was is he first recognized the talent and gift he had, and second, he applied grit to it, and that elevated him to another level. And so all of us can do this. All of us can recognize and identify our gift or talent and then take that grit, that determination, that discipline to go to the next level. 
And that's what gives elevation to that balloon. That's what takes that balloon. So the trinity of transformation is desire. And in the basket is desire, our gifts and talents, our skills, experience, our character qualities. It's the, it's the balloon itself, which is hope. That's what rises us up. And then there's the furnace, which fuels the balloon, which is the grit. You know, on, on hope, Tom... As I listen to you talk about that, I mean, hope is that belief. Once we get hope, we know it's powerful, and, but it's, it requires belief. It requires faith that we can actually do something. And you mentioned something a minute ago when you're talking about talent, that we all have, in essence, an equal talent. And yet I know that we tend, we as a people tend to discount ourselves. Uh, and, you know, do we believe, do we trust that we do have God-given abilities uh, maybe not the same ability as you and I, just like you talked about with the singing, but we all have an equal portion of a basket of, uh, talents, of abilities, of, of giftings. You know, you are a unique, uh, have had a unique position in your life with your dad, with Zig and with so many of his peers, so many of the top influencers out there to see what's really the essence of why we do the habit show now, which is to showcase that these people, these high achieving, amazing people didn't fall out of the sky with an extra portion of brilliance, an extra portion of good looks, an extra portion of skills, talents, abilities. Yet they just did the daily things, the habits, uh, they did the daily things that helped get them there. So is there a big piece of this again, coming back to hope requires that belief and faith that we do have enough gifts, talents, and abilities God given to do these things that, as you said earlier, I love that, that will help us achieve those desires of our heart. I, I, I agree hundred percent. And I think a common thing when we see people who uh, overcome and achieve amazing things, a lot of times it's because all they could do is focus on what they did have. I mean, I look at uh, Nick Wojcik, uh, who we just had on, and I've never met a more impactful human being than him. And to me, he's like, he's like the most fearless human being I've ever met. And yet, physically, he's defenseless, right? And so what he's done is he's taken a step back and said, wow, what do I have? Oh, my gosh. God, you gave me this and then grit and pain. And cause it's hard. I mean, he, he goes, you know, don't think he doesn't experience um, pain along the way because the, the physical condition that he has, it's, it's difficult to travel, the, the reaching out, the touching, the giving of energy to people every single day through his communication. That means you've got to take extra time to refuel. And, and so we all have gifts and talents that we've been given. The question is, are, do we recognize it and then do we develop it with grit? And so all of us have different talents. All of us have something uh, that God created us to do. And the first place to look is what comes easy to us? You know, what are, what are, we, what are the gifts and talents that we do have? And so people make two mistakes. Number one is they don't value their gifts and talents. And two is they let somebody else tell them what they should do. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, I always caution people, oh, I'm passionate about this. I want to do it. And, you know, I'll use a silly example. But if I wanted to play in the NBA because I'm passionate about it and I love basketball, and I'm 53 and I'm five foot nine and a half, and I've got a two-inch vertical jump, <laughs> and I run a 9-4 in the 40, uh, there's just not much hope, right? right? And so I'm hoping somebody would step up and say, hey, you've got gifts and talents, brother, but that's not it. And so we've got to recognize that sometimes our passion and our gifts and talents don't align. But most of the time when we focus in on our gifts and talents, we can find alignment. Yeah. Well, and I like what you said before when you mentioned uh, Nick Vujicic. I mean, he's... 
Uh, and folks, if you haven't listened to that show, it's, it's actually been airing the week, the week as, as of this recording, it's airing this week. Uh, yeah. So amazing. I love your statement about him. Most fearless guy. And yet at least physically the most, uh, defenseless. So I, I was just, and you'll appreciate this time. We were skiing last this last weekend with my family. We were in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, who was in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, but Eric Weinmayer. Uh, our, our guy and he and Nick are buddies. So, uh, he was there, he was speaking. My kids went and saw him. My wife got to meet him. And, uh, but it was interesting. We had this conversation, uh, and my preface here is that we're talking about gifts and talents, all these positive, these strengths that we have. And yet we also all have, and I think it's what we tend to, to look at and discount ourselves for. We have relative handicaps and we all do. We all have handicaps. You just talked about your two inch vertical jump, uh, joking, but you know, still we all have things that are realistic handicaps. So here you've got Nick Vujicic. Uh, he's got, uh, all his capacities mentally. He's He's got all of his senses. They all work perfectly. He just doesn't have arms and legs. Just doesn't have arms and legs. Now, Eric, on the other hand, has same thing. He all his mental capacities. Uh, he has arms and legs, strong arms and legs that took him through rafting the Grand Canyon, through climbing Mount Everest. Um, he has all of his senses, but one, and he's blind. And we talked to the kids. What would you rather what would you rather have? And, and as we really got, a lot of them had quick answers, but really as you got to, to looking at it, uh, you, you could find some difficulties in that decision there. But it was to what you said, they looked and said, but what do I have? And we all have so much. When we look at those folks with handicaps, those blatant ones like that, the amount that we have, I think we've got to look at that and to look at your Trinity here and say, how can we not have hope? We're really not allowed to as creatures of, of God, of the creator. We really can't not have hope, but that's a big coming to grips. And so I, I say all that because I wanted to lead up and maybe even have us wrap up here on when you look at these three things, desire, hope, and grit, is there, is there one of those that you would say is where we tend to fall off the one that we tend to miss the most or, or is it the most common missing ingredient? Maybe they're all equal. I don't know. I was just literally curious myself. Where is it that you see? Do you see that oh, most people have desire? Most people have some hope, but they don't have enough grit or gosh, people have desire and a lot of them are really committed. But when it comes down to it, ah, their hope is a little lacking, not, not really full on their faith and belief in themselves or ah, they're hopeful. They've got some grit, but they just really haven't clarified their desires. Any pulse on that? Well, let me let me give you um, something else to put into the balloon illustration. Okay. Um, a lot of people, their balloon takes off, the grit, you know, gets in full force. They're gaining altitude, and then bam, it stops rising. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they look over the side of the balloon, and there's all these ropes tying the balloon to the ground. Right. And you can't the balloon's not going to go to the any higher until you cut the rope. And so here's here's what I think most people get in trouble uh, in the idea of transformation, in the idea of human performance. There are things called driving forces and there are things called restraining forces. A driving force is a desire, a passion, a goal, something you want to accomplish, right? It's everything you want to be, do, and have. And that's easy for us to write down. But the reality, those, those can be so unbelievably compelling, but a little tiny rope can hold a massive balloon on the ground. Yeah, yeah. And what are ropes? Well, they're, they're things that hold you back. They are things like bad habits and and bad mindset, belief, wrong beliefs. And so you might say, gosh, you know, I've always wanted to do that career. And then your mindset pops in and says, yeah, but nobody in our college, or nobody in our family ever goes to college. So immediately your balloon is halted because you believe that nobody in your family goes to college. Hey, I don't care who you are. I can guarantee you that people way down the rung on the ladder have done well in college. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, but until you, until you do what you've got to do to get that dream, that, that desire, you're not going to get it. And so if your mindset is nobody in our family goes to college, you're stuck. 
And so literally, I want you to think in your mind, I want you to look over the edge of your balloon and ask yourself, what ropes are holding me down? And I want you to get out a knife and I want you to cut that rope because you can go to college. There are, that's just a belief that says you cannot do it. It's, it's a mindset change that's got to happen. Another rope is what I call the rope of bad habits. And there's a lot of bad habits out there. Um, I'll give you an example. Some people listening are like, man, you know, my job is okay. It pays the bills, but it's not my dream job. My dream job is X. And boy, I want to, I want to go and create that. But you know what? I can't leave my day job, like John Acuff says, to do my dream job. Because how am I going to pay the bills? And so you make a fantastic decision. Your fantastic decision is I'm going to build my dream job while I'm still working my day job. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put in the hours that my day job takes. And then in the evenings and on the weekends and in the spare time, I'm going to build my dream job. So you get, you know, that's your, that's your plan. Your desire is there. Your gifts and talents are aligned. And you come home from work the first day. And then you crater because the reality is, is you're only sleeping five hours a night. You're carrying an extra 50 pounds of weight and you never exercise. So you've got three bad habits of not enough sleep, not eating the right kind of food, not getting exercise, weighing too much. And so you've got to change those bad habits to give yourself the energy that gives you the capacity to raise your balloon up. So you got to cut the rope of not getting enough sleep. You got to cut the rope of not getting some exercise. You got to cut the rope of eating the wrong kind of foods. That's a big rope. There's another rope, which I call uh, the voices of the world. We listen. Here's the problem is we listen to what the world says about us. Guess what? They're wrong. They don't, they don't have your back. You know, maybe a few of your closest friends and family do, but the world in general, you know, they want to win. They don't want you to win. You got to you got this rare group. You got to find the right people to hang out with. So, are you going to listen to the world who says you can't do it? Or a lot of us, we got that negative self talk going. Right? Every time we do something, we're like, "Oh, this will never work." You got to change that voice in your head. But there is one voice you can count on, and that's what God says about you. And so we got to cut the ropes of what others say about us, even what we say about ourselves sometimes. we got to change that into a good habit. We start saying the right things about ourselves. We reject the input that's negative, and we listen to what God says. I mean, if God says it, I mean, how many times has God been wrong? He says that stuff about us. We'll, we'll all acknowledge, yeah, God's God. He can't be wrong. And then we disagree with him what he says about us. God, we got to own that. So that's what I think holds most people back is it's, it's every time they get the desires going and they get their talents working, that rope grabs them. And they don't realize, wait a second, I got to lean over the side of this thing. It's kind of scary. I got to get that knife mm-hmm. out. That's kind of scary. And I got to cut that rope. And boy, when you cut that rope, the balloon starts accelerating again. Well, you cited three ropes there, voices of the world limiting beliefs, and bad habits. Let me tell you, Tom, what my dear friend Tom said when he was asked, what's the quickest way to success? He said, replace a bad habit with a good habit. So there you go. There's a a primary rope and Mr. Tom Ziegler's advice for us there. One thing, since I always have to have a last thought, I have a last thought. Um, We... There's three habits that I want everybody to be thinking about. If we're going to transform and achieve our dreams and our goals, that means that we've got to have the right mindset, the right strategies, and the right actions. So mindset is simply a habit of thinking. Strategies is simply a habit of planning. And actions is simply a habit of implementing. Those are habits we've got to do. And quite frankly, that's why I love our certification program so much is we teach those three things. We help people transform. We give them those specific things that they can go and teach others. Uh, I do want to do a shout out to Jacqueline Johnson, who did our Monday morning devotions 
Um, and she talked about mindset strategies and actions. I changed, I added a few time words in there, the habit part, uh, but that was really a hot button for me. When you take the trinity of transformation, desire, hope, and grit, and then you say, okay, what are my habits of thinking, habits of planning, and habits of implementing? You have got rocket fuel for your life. Well, again, this is, uh, it's a strong trinity, folks. And if you didn't write it down, do it at this point. Pull over if you're driving at this point. Desire, hope, and grit. And this was led off by the fastest way to transform your life. And you know what? I will, I will say one thing here to end us, and it's what you said at the beginning of the webinar, that the goal is to make this next year the best year ever and the worst year of your future. That was, that was brilliant. Uh, what a great, what a great motivator. Uh, Tom, man, as always, thanks for uh, following your gifts and talents and bringing us this profound message. Well, there you go, folks. The three primary ingredients to true transformation. No secret formula, just like there will never be a pill for weight loss and fitness. It comes from a daily diet of exercise and good nutrition. That's it. To get what you want to actually transform, this is where you start. Again, if you got value from this show, please let Tom know and leave a review in iTunes. Then email us at thanks at ZiglarShow.com. Tell us your iTunes username so we can thank you by sending you Zig Ziglar and Tom Ziglar's book, Born to Win, an actual hard copy. Well, coming up next in show 564, we hear from Zig Ziglar, a four-minute clip around a personal story from Zig on what creates strong relationships. From it, I posted this question on Facebook at my agent K Miller Facebook page where you're welcome to friend me so you can join in these weekly conversations. But I asked, what activities and experiences do you invest in for the health of the meaningful relationships in your life? This could be with your spouse, kids, friends, and family. Don't leave out the seemingly little day-to-day things. Of course, incredible comments and ideas. You'll get great value from hearing. Michelle Prince and I talked through them and we'll bring the conversation to you. So till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.